Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Warbordell, joined by Greg Crow. Gregory, how's it going? I just woke up from sleeping through innings 1 through 13 of the, the Braves-Reds uh, game 1. Just an unbelievably unentertaining 0-0 duel uh, through 13 innings. It's, a, it's baseball day with all these games going on. Gregory, not a fan of the pitcher's duel. Well, no, it's fine. Trevor Bauer was was excellent, but at a certain point, you just like just score. Also, <laughs> what is this? What is this with base? So, we did the stupid guy starts on second base mm-hmm. uh, for the entire regular season, but it's not part of the postseason. What was the point of this? Like, what was the point of this? Just, it fu- was stupid. just fucking around and seeing I mean, what we li- can get away with. Literally, that that's what it feels like. It was it's stupid. It's legitimately the dumbest rule I've ever seen put in sports. And we had a rule where you could review subjective uh, pass interference penalties a year mm. ago in the NFL. And this rule happens to be dumber than that. Like just it, it's just so like the, baseball just continuously baffles me. They they just make no sense and no sense at all. Well, football still got some really dumb replay-related rules, wherein they can they can replay a play, but they can't correct the play if that's not the call that was being challenged. So I feel like if you're going to replay any play, you're you should just be open to okay. Well, the ref just realized that this only happened because you know there was <laughs> defensive holding five yards before that, and he grabbed his jersey. So we're going to call that guess. And honestly. That that is a real de-incentifier to uh, to teams to challenge shit because it's like oh well if you challenge this you might get it called on your behalf but you may also get a penalty called on your behalf. I mean challenges challenges in general in the NFL make make like almost no sense. I don't understand the like I understand the rules like. Uh, oh, two challenges, but if there's a third play you mess up and you lost one of those earlier challenges, sorry about your luck. We know we messed up, but you don't get to call us on it because right. you messed up before. Like, what? You should have as many challenges as you want. Oh, boy. Everything should. Well, I know. The game might go six hours. But, or, close plays need to be reviewed. I'm yeah. sorry. It should just be mandatory. You made it that for touchdowns. So, if there's a close play, let's go take a look at it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the – like, it's like baseball. Baseball – you pretty much can kind of review whatever you want. That's almost that's the only thing that baseball got right when moving into the, the to the newer era of using replay. A lot, basically, if you're baseball, if you're a manager, you can you can pretty much challenge anything at any time, and there's really no limitations that I can tell. Or if there is, they're never enforced. Yeah, I don't uh, so. I don't like the idea of letting football teams challenge anything at any point, but I am okay with. If there is something particularly egregious, if it's done in the replay center, I can live with that. But I feel like that's going to be the same thing as the pass interference calls where one ref is just not going to want to say another ref was wrong. That's bizarre. It's just bizarre. Which is weird because they're all you would think they're all being individually graded. Right. So you want to be correct rather than, you know, living in this fraternal brotherhood of uh, NFL referees. 
Oh, believe me, they, they, that fake brotherhood exists all the way down to the grade school girls and boys basketball refereeing where you'll call something or correct somebody and you get a look or a conversation in a timeout or after a game that doesn't seem like it should be serious, but it's <laughs> like weirdly, weirdly more serious than it should be. And it's like, it's like, dog, you got the call wrong. Yeah. I saw it. You were wrong. I helped you. I, like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling you a bad ref. You made a mistake. That happens. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand that. And people get so offended by, by that sometimes. And it's like, Man, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It, make the right call, and we don't have to be in this predicament. I'm not saying you're an asshole. I'm just saying you're acting like an asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. It's, it's those types of things. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows when, when I'll ever go back to refereeing? But for your sake, it, I hope never, buddy. I mean, listen. Let me tell you what. It's been nice. Not. It, it was nice not having to do the summer league stuff this year, and and. It, the more and more I don't do it, I, I get I get very excited about the concept of hopefully never doing it, despite you know enjoying the money. Yeah, no, the money's the money's nice. I will tell you that on my per, in my personal experience, the second I stopped coaching, and I realize I'm not getting paid for that, so it is different. But the second I stopped coaching, I was like, all right, I'm okay without this in my life. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre getting away from. Getting away from youth sports, how uh, liberating it is. <laughs> it is weird how it is kind of like a cult when you're in it, though, right? It's just like, it, it, it seems to matter way more than it should. And once you have the perspective of looking at it from the outside, you're like, oh, that really meant nothing. Like, at the end of the day, who cares? I've been in situations where, you know, in, in White Marsh or something like that, I was doing the clock and I blew the, I blew the, the whatever, the, the whistle at the wrong time, the horn at the wrong time. I don't care about it. No one remembers it. It's over. Who cares? It's just, this is, all this is, is how we're getting kids to exercise for 60 minutes. It means nothing else. Oh, I had a, I had a guy th- wait for me in the parking lot once. It was like the 10th, <laughs> it was like the 10th game I ever refed. One of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. It was like, uh, it was this weird travel basketball league. These girls were just fouling constantly. When I tell you there was like 40 fouls in this game. Oh, yeah. No, I've probably, seen girls basketball. That, that's probably an under, an under uh, value of, yeah. how many, of how many fouls were in this game. Girl fouls out. This fan doesn't like it. I have him tossed eventually after the fourth time down the court. He's screaming at the top of his lungs in my face. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then as I'm leave, as I'm putting my shoes on to leave, other fans are walking over and yelling at me. Um, <laughs> it's just it's bizarre. It's bizarre, man. And like I get it. You're invested in your kids, uh-huh. your kids' team. Like that's fine. But in the grand scheme of things, this random regular season travel basketball game isn't this isn't this intense. Like it's just not. Yeah. No. Well, especially the the young girls' games. They're terrible. I we when we had to do the the girls games for the uh, the turkey tournament at the Fell, th- like we would just to entertain ourselves at the score t- the scores table, like we would just keep track of walks versus points scored, Oof. And, and it was always the walks were always higher. So I mean, absolutely. But you know, I, if that was me, I would just walk up to him calmly, say, "If I ever see you again, I'm going to throw you out again. <laughs> have a nice day." Well- it, sometimes you have to do that. Like, I, there'd be times where I'd be, like, I le- I've legitimately, like, yelled at uh, coaches. Like, yelled at them I, on the I've court apologized to, like, for my behavior. See, see, <laughs> occasionally you do get that. You do get the guy that, after you screamed at me for 
for 40 minutes, you're like, ah, my bad, I'm sorry, like as I'm walking out of the gym. I'm not here for that. I'm not playing that game. <laughs> I don't care. Like, like you're, you're not really sorry. You just feel bad because you were a complete jerk for 30 minutes, yeah, for 40 true. minutes. Like, like it's, it's just, you're, you're a clown. Nothing was ever <laughs> better than, there was a guy that, that insulted, <laughs> there was a guy that, that uh, took a personal shot, somehow knew about my personal life uh-huh. uh, over, the, over the winter, uh, who I then ran into at a game at the Palestra about three months later. Uh, in a snack stand line and had a conversation with him. Uh, that conversation went very differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, me not being a ref at a gym uh, and me just being a normal person uh, at, in a snack stand line at the palestra. Yeah, do you know, uh, this is this is a weird apropos of nothing kind of thing, but it's always it's always weird seeing refs in like in real life when you deal with them in games. Do you know the, uh, the, the police officer, the, uh, the black police officer, Sam, who yes. worked for Mitch? Really, really mm-hmm. nice guy. I forget, I forget uh, his last super name. Super nice guy. Uh, ran into him at a Victoria's Secrets one time. <laughs> like, like he, and, he and his girlfriend and, you know, uh, me and mine. And, um, yeah, it was weird. Just like, I was like, this is a weird place for us to be having a conversation. But, you know, very, well, very nice guy, obviously. This is, is, this is, is interesting is. to no one but us. Sure, but it is bizarre transitioning from like uh, the refing population in the country is so old. Like when it comes to like youth sports in general, um, because nobody wants to do it because people don't want to take the crap that they get from parents mm-hmm. and, and coaches. Um, but transitioning from playing and being ref by all these guys, and then going and being a colleague of theirs at like a meeting, and you're just like, oh, this is just this is just a strange situation. Like I've yelled at you. Multiple times, yeah. I was actively playing in a men's league and yelling at guys on a Tuesday, and then the next Monday I'd have to sit next to them in a meeting. Sure. Uh, to it, like so, it's just I'm, I'm legitimately criticizing your refereeing abilities because one, you stink, <laughs> and two, you made several bad calls uh, in this game, uh, and now I have to sit next to you and pretend like I didn't scream at you for an hour last week. All right. Well, we're going to cap this conversation to three more minutes. It's going to be the fir- we're, then we'll take <laughs> then we'll take a break because uh, anyone who's not interested can skip ahead to actual sports talk in the second block. But I will tell yeah, like and especially especially in those situations where it's like you know you're you live near everyone oh, and you yeah. see everyone all the time. It, one of my oh look you you know I you know how I am. I I am the most calm, laid back person in the world, except for that like point oh oh one percent of the time when I'm not, and I just like lose my mind over stupid shit. And that happened very early on in me uh, coaching in a. Uh, in a youth league that you and I are both familiar with. Oh, yes. Uh, and I'm not going to say any names here, but the gentleman who you would get your schedules from was <laughs> refing us. And, oh, my God, did I just lay into him. Just to no end, I laid into him. And, like, it's funny looking at back at it in hindsight. I forget who the commissioner of the league was, but he's like, you have to call blank and apologize. So I was like, all right, fair enough. I was an asshole. It's, I guess that's, <laughs> that's justified. Uh, oh, so, yeah. I, so I did. And it's just funny looking back at it, though, because like I have had, you know, conservatively 200 conversations with that person since then. So, yeah. you know, we, we, we live, we learn, we grow. Oh, you have to. You have to kind of just move on and, and go, go from there instead of fighting about everything because you're never going to get anywhere. 
just yelling and being mad at a youth sports referee. <laughs> With that said, the a gentleman who, for argument's sake, we'll just say his initials are BS. <laughs> we will never get along, and that's just never. That's just not in the cards for us. <laughs> well, luckily, you don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> I, I guess, but I mean, I will potentially be back in that area at some point, and it's just like it feels inevitable that we're going to fight at some point. I mean, like, we'll, we'll eventually. We like, might be like sixty, but we're we're probably going to fight at some point. <laughs> I would I would pay good money to see a sixty-year-old you versus that guy. That would be incre- That would be high drama. Well, the good news is he's already like he's got some serious injuries, so I feel like I'm going to be okay. He's got a real, real bad. We're not going to name any names or give any clues out, but he's got one like serious injury from before, so I feel like I know how to attack that. You, you I got- might be able to get him. <laughs> and we and we were good for a while, and then it just it just absolutely blew up again. But you know. Like you said, you live, you learn, and all of those all of those experiences are interesting to look back at. And uh, I'm thrilled that I'm not in it, and a little bit embarrassed, quite frankly, that I cared as much as I did. <laughs> well, I mean, it's because it's what you're doing in your life. Yeah. Like it's it's you know, it's it's like being invested in in sports in general. Back to the professional level, like why do I let things like the Phillies being complete dumpster fire ruin my day? I don't know, but I do. Like in reality, yeah. does it matter? No. But that's what we do in life. I choose to obsess about sports rather than other things because regardless, it's, if you're going to be upset about something, I'd rather it be something that's entertaining and not just complete you know, psycho- psychopathy. Yeah. Can I tell you the one thing that I got really lucky with, and I've told this story before, but you know, like six months after I moved here, I got a call from Rob Mitchell saying, hey, do you want to take over the boys freshman team at PW? And I'm so lucky that I had moved to California before that happened. Because I would have gotten way too invested in that. Like no, I would have, I, yeah. I would have been way too into that. Yes, I mean it would have it would have taken over. You see these these high school coaches, and even at that freshman level, they get so far into it, and it just becomes like their obsession. Uh, you know, they're spending all hours of the day, uh, you know, at the school, getting ready for games, watching game film, preparing, mm-hmm. like scouting. Yeah. Eighth and grade just, game film. It's like, oh, we're gonna have to go up against this guy next year. I uh, dude, I'm telling you, the they're, here. <laughs> there are guys that do that. Though. I know there it's are. It's wild. I don't think I would be that person, but I would have been. I would have been way too into it. Also, would have been interesting because I think I would have had to teach a study hall so that I'm I'm a school employee to to coach. Uh, so that that would have been interesting too. But uh, I I always found that interesting where where coaches like were like had to be members of the faculty exactly as well. Really bizarre. I would have been a teacher. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very happy for the youth of our area then that that wasn't the case. Yeah, I think that's best for everyone. All right, that's <laughs> it. That's it for that nonsense. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back to talk real sports. Hey, guys, it's Chris, and the wait is finally over. Football is in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all of the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and champion championship futures right now don't wait do it right now head to bet online today to take advantage of the great sign up bonuses 
This is a really fun week in the NFL. Week four tends to be when we find out who's real, who's fake, who's just good because they had an easy schedule. Teams sort themselves out and the slate for this weekend is incredible. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. We wonder when this game's gonna be played. Is it gonna be Monday? Is it gonna be Tuesday? We don't know yet. We've got the Patriots and the Chiefs. Can the Patriots fare better than the Ravens did last weekend against this dominant Chiefs team? We shall see. And we've got the upstart Buffalo Bills going to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm excited about all of it. I imagine you are as well. And if you want to get in on those games and all of the action, visit our good friends and the exclusive partner at Podcast One, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code PODCAST1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E, for your sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Gregory, we are back. I'm going to give you 90 seconds to tell us about the Stanley Cup champion. What are they? The uh, Tampa, Bay Tampa Bay Lightning. Tell us about that. Who played well? What can we expect moving forward? I mean, absolute incredible turnaround. They were the number one seed uh, last year, uh, knocked out of the playoffs in four straight games in round one to then turn it around and win what was easily the wildest Stanley Cup in NHL history. All How so? Doing it, well, the pandemic, mm-hmm. you're talking about the bubble, et cetera, um, expanded playoffs and just overcoming as much of adversity as possible, along with not having their captain for pretty much the entirety of the postseason except for one random game in the Stanley Cup that's, final. That's Vinny LeCavier? Um, <laughs> close, but Steven Stamkos, arguably one of the best players in the league. He had sports hernia injury issue or core a core injury that needed surgery back in February. He missed pretty much the rest of the season uh, along with he basically came back. He played in one game in the cup final, mm-hmm. scored a goal in the first period. And then uh, they were like, yeah, he's done for the season. So uh, just, just an amazing team effort, super high powered offense, excellent goaltending from Andre Vasilevsky, uh, Victor Hedman winning the con Smythe, uh, the playoff MVP, um, you know, long time coming for one of the premier defensemen in the NHL. Just, just an overall, I mean, they're the best team in the league, uh, pretty much wire to wire. If you want to talk about, I guess the Bruins were also up there from a, a, an Eastern Conference perspective. Uh, Dallas gave up a good fight, man. They were they were really good uh, coming out of the West, but uh, Tampa's offense is just too much for them. There'd be too many games where all of a sudden Tampa scores five goals in the first period, and you're like, well, this is just this is just over. They uh, well well deserved and, and hard fought, uh, and they continued arguably the the most consistent tradition in all of sports. Former Flyers winning the Stanley Cup. This year, we got Braden, she- uh, Braden Coburn, uh, former Flyer from, from sure. uh, pretty pretty way back. But uh, as, as one Matt Crone would say, uh, he's the Flyer with the most heart ever. Mm. Uh, he took a puck off an eye once that, that they consistently talked about in, uh, in a commercial, and he fell in love with Braden Coburn. Um, and, okay, and, question. Uh, I or I socket because those are two very different things. So, let's say socket, <laughs> um, and then and then the other flyer, Luke Shen. Oh, hey, it's a yeah, brother of Braden Shen. Yes, who won a Stanley Cup last year as a member of the St. Louis Blues. You see how this works, Chris? Leave the Flyers, win the Stanley Cup. Who is it? Uh, it's Carter, Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter and Mike Richards, they won two cups in Los Angeles almost immediately after being traded from the Philadelphia Flyers. Because you know what? 
they weren't going to do it. They weren't going to bring a cup home. And they went to another team and brought a cup to them. It's bizarre, Chris. I don't get it. Also, Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon used to be in the Flyers organization. He won a cup last year, and he won a cup this year. It's insane. Okay. Well, what can we expect from the Flyers moving forward? Honestly, I think they'll be very good again. You got Carter Hart with some good experience this year. Playoff experience, which was much needed. Obviously, the atmosphere is a little bit different than what we'll probably face in the future with fans and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a pretty good young core and, and a mix of good veteran guys. Uh, I think there's going to be some sort of shakeup with some veterans this offseason. Uh, potentially, Jake Voracek getting moved. We'll see. Um, it's to me... To me, they need, they're like one piece away from a forward perspective. Defensively, they're very good. They have a lot of young guys who, who proved that they, uh, they definitely have the talent to, to play at this level. I mean, you, you talk about guys like Travis Sanheim and uh, Philip Myers, Robert Haig. Uh, I, I mean, the, Ivan Provorov, obviously. The, the list goes on and on from a, from a Flyers perspective. Uh, and and you just gotta keep you just gotta keep moving forward. I mean, Elaine Vigneault is a very good coach, very successful coach. He's had multiple Stanley Cup final appearances. His system's getting more and more entrenched with this with this team. Uh, so I think I think a couple moves at the forward position, and we uh, we could see ourselves getting getting in another deep playoff run next year. I'm gonna trust you that all of those names are real people, but. <laughs> Uh, so I got an interesting, interesting. You know, I don't want to get too into this, just because you know we try not to get too Philadelphia sports heavy when possible. But the, apparently, Ty Lu has been eliminated from contention for the Philadelphia 76ers head coaching job, and it is uh, it is now down to Doc Rivers or my pick, Mike D'Antoni. It's gonna be Doc Rivers. I'm I so people seem people, okay. So like both of them were cap this for five seconds. Both of them seem to be well respected coaches. People really like Doc Rivers. The players like Doc Rivers. He's he's respected in, within basketball. I can live with either one, but D'Antoni's the guy I want. And it's funny that you're complaining about this now because you were complaining about D'Antoni last week. They both stink. They're both bad options. Doc Rivers is an unbelievably unsuccessful coach. Yeah, he's won he he won three playoff series. In all the years he was with the Clippers, that's including the Blake Griffin years. That's including the Chris Paul and Blake Griffin years. That's including the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan years. That's including this year. It's it's insane, insane. He won that one title, that one title with Boston, and we pretend like Doc Rivers is some is is going to be the 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 savior of the Sixers franchise. I I need new blood. I don't want the Antonio. I don't I don't have the patience for the system and the lack of success in the playoffs to me is telling that that Phoenix teams were so good and they got nowhere. Maybe it's cuz Robert Ory checked Steve Nash into mm. the into the announce table. Maybe it's not. I'll never know. But it's it's just to me it feels like we're just doing the NBA retread thing. Which I guess may be fine because we went so not out of the way, but like we went so uh, you know so different with the you Brett were, Brown you were conservative, hiring. Conservative, yeah. W- yeah. What do you? Who do you want? Where? What would you like? Because not going sort of back to that pool is difficult this year. It is. It's tough because there aren't. There isn't a ton out there. Yeah, I, I and mean, college basketball is starting in less than two months. Yeah, it's. <laughs> The name that constantly gets floated around for potential openings is a guy like Chauncey Billups. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a name that I would be willing to take a chance on. 
it's it's again it's it's similar but what's to that, that based Steve on Nash that's based on nothing it's that's based, based on like experience uh, which is not right but but steve nash has got a job with no experience I'm jason not, kidd's gotten a job with no experience i'm not worried about coaching experience yeah. in in this situation i i want a guy who who played the game who's in there with these guys. He knows how it works. He can help these young guys develop. Chauncey was a coach and a player when he played for the Detroit Pistons. He ran that team on the, on the court along with being one of their top-tier players. I think, I think taking a shot on a guy like that I think is, is something I'd be more willing to do than retreading a, team, retreading a guy like D'Antoni who's we're going to need to revamp the entire roster regardless because of his system. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think he's smart enough to adjust to the players there, though the changes are going to have to be made in any situation. Would it surprise you for me to tell you right now uh, Doc Rivers' career regular season winning percentage, 58%. Really solid. Now, yeah. the perception is that Doc Rivers is a, is a poor coach in the playoffs that his teams have choked. What do you think Doc Rivers' playoff coaching percentage is? It's probably, it's probably like 61% or something that, ridiculous. That like would that. be incredible. He, but he's, it's at 50%, so slightly over 50%. He's winning more than he's losing in the playoffs, and... That surprises me a little bit just because that wasn't my perception with how people have wanted to blast him. But, I mean, you know, he, NBA champion in, in 2007-2008, Eastern Conference champion in 2009-2010. This is the, He's been a successful coach. This is, I can live with it. He's not my first choice. My first, well, my first choice is Chris Beard and then Jay Wright. But those, <laughs> those, guys, those guys aren't coming. Uh, I, can live with, I can live with Doc or Mike D'Antoni, and it's going to be one of them. He's had so much talent and been so disappointing when it comes to the postseason that I, I just, to me, like, sure. I mean, I prefer, I prefer Doc over D'Antoni, personally, I guess. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, because at least, like, Doc has won a title, even if it was 13 years ago, uh, with three Hall of Famers, and that's something this team doesn't have. Um, I just... Yeah, to me, it feels like we're retreading. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, because we mentioned that team, all I can think about is the gif of big, uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis licking his lips. Gross. That's all I got. Gross. Yeah, very much. Very uh, much so. I'm not. I can't find. I'm looking for. Oh, here we go. Okay. So, D'Antoni is his coached in 1,200 games to Docs. To Doc's sixteen hundred, so slightly less experienced, but you know had some assistant coaching in part of that. His career regular season winning percentage fifty six percent, although it's worth pointing out that it's been sixty seven, seventy nine, sixty four, sixty one over the last four years since he left Philadelphia to go to Houston. Career playoff winning percentage forty nine percent. So both of those numbers are less than Doc Rivers. Numbers, although D'Antoni's been coach of the year twice, Doc's only won it once. Yeah. <sighs> I, I think mean, I'm talking sh- myself into Doc Rivers is what's going on here. I, I think it's like I said, it's it's I'm not going to be like overly disappointed with Doc Rivers. I'm not going to be overly thrilled with it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's where this is going. Like, it's just it feels like all of a sudden in the past, you know, 24 hours, it's just. Completely moved to Doc. Doc's essentially going to be the coach. Like he's in Philly right now. Yeah. Well, uh, he. All of them have interviewed. Yeah, I, I think I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty obvious that what we're going to get here. 
Okay. Uh, and that Doc is going to be the guy. Can I, okay, I want to see if I can I can move you in a direction here. Oh, no. Do you know who his son-in-law is? Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Would you be interested in Seth Curry uh, coming over from the Dallas Mavericks in, in some sort of deal? Absolutely. Yeah, see, I would too. And I think you could, like, something I, for Jason Richardson, in that, like a Jason Richardson package. I think you can get this done. I would done. love Jason Richardson. Prime Jason Richardson would be outstanding. Wait a second. Uh, Who are we talking Not talking I, about you Jason said Richardson. Jason, I you said, said Jason. That's you true. meant Josh. I sure did mean Josh. Although I'm willing to trade Jason Richardson if we can get that done, too. I feel like we probably still have his rights. Did, we, did he play anywhere after? Uh, let's see. He played in Philadelphia. It was, the, it was 34 years old, 2014, 2015. 19 games in Philly. Oh, he did that. That time in Philadelphia was... Not good. Uh, missed an entire season because of the injury. Played 33 games one year, 19 the next. I feel like, damn, that. I feel like he played more than that. But uh, I would have, I would have definitely taken the over on 52 games total in Philadelphia. Yeah, me too. That seems in, in, insanely low. Also, can we, if we're gonna get Seth Curry, can we mix in Austin Rivers too? I'll take him as well. Uh, do we need them both? <laughs> eh, just bring it, make it a family affair. Do you have any thoughts that we have? Uh, we have the draft coming up in November. You have any thoughts at all on who you like, what you're targeting? Because I've got very strong thoughts. Anyone who can shoot threes. Yeah, um, that's pretty much what I need. I went to the Kansas. I went to the Kansas Stanford game, and Tyrell Terry is a guy who is climbing draft boards from Stanford. Guy, I'm very interested in with our first round pick, but I'm concerned that he may go a little higher than that just because he's got the uh, that shooting ability. I'll tell you what. The guy I want in the second round, and honestly, I don't care when you take him in the second round, and he's probably going to be there because he's old, is Sam Merrill from Utah State. Sam Merrill so desperately wants to be Luka Doncic. So desperately. Like, you can see in the way he plays that he tries to play that similar style. He's very much a, a poor man, it's Luka, although probably the best shooter in college basketball, which uh, is a nice little bonus and, and an exceptionally, uh, exceptionally good passer. Just a horrible athlete. But <laughs> with... Uh, I, well, you know, he's he's a 23-year-old uh, kid from Utah State. Um, yeah, Sam Merrill, he is my guy. I love Sam Merrill as a pro. I think he's going to be a really solid contributor, and I'm willing to take him as high as I think they have a 35th pick in the second round. Uh, I'm up for it. But, yeah, shooting, 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 shooting. Before uh, before we get out of here, let's talk. Sorry, go ahead. This just this this just in. The Sixers already traded those picks for cash. Second uh, round picks don't matter. We're good. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> um, well, good, the good news is Colangelo is gone. So he he was more. It was more troubling the amount of picks that were traded for cash under in the Colangelo era. But they do have four second-round picks, and I would uh, first of all, they're not going to go into the, the draft with five picks. So there's, somebody's going to get moved in a deal, probably to unload one of the contracts. I hope I hope it's your, not for, the twenty-one pick. From your lips to God's ears, Chris. Well, I mean, let's not forget the one thing about Doc Rivers is he had Toby playing like a borderline all-star in L.A. True, that is true. All right, maybe maybe you can convince me that Doc Rivers is the play here. But I mean. Al Horford needs to go. Josh Richardson needs to go, and uh, you just need you need to add Buddy Hield into that lineup or an equivalent shooter to Buddy Hield. Fine by me. Oh, can we make okay? Can we do this? Can we figure out a way where out of the starting lineup are Shake Milton and Josh Richardson? And I'm not necessarily looking to trade Shake, but I also would not trade Shake in the right deal. Uh, Chris, he scored thirty against the Clippers once. Oh, never mind. He he's entrenched as a <laughs> starter for the next decade. 
But get the Hall of Fame bust ready. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I'm sure they're working on it. But uh, <laughs> can we get Chris Paul and and Buddy Heald into that lineup somehow? I mean, I'm fine with it at this point. At this point, I'm willing to try anything with the Sixers to fix them. So. Let's just let's just do it. Bring on Bogdan too. I want Bogdan Bogdanovich as well. Which as part one? Of the Buddy Heald trade. Oh yeah, you're not getting them both. The Sacramento absolutely, positively loves that guy more more so than Matt Crone loves that guy. Mm, I'll take both. We can fleece Vladdy. I feel like Vladdy's gone in for good. Okay, we can fleece the new guy. I don't there care. Is no, the, there has no been no did, new guy yet. Did, didn't the owner say that v- Buddy Heald was the next Steph Curry? Vavik Randave. Yeah, they uh, had they had the next Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in in Buddy Hield and uh, and De'Aaron Fox. I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident we can convince that guy that Shake Milton is the next like Michael Jordan. Show, just keep showing him the Clippers tape. I mean, hey, he kind of looks a little bit like a young Jordan, in just in terms of physical appearance. I I'm in. I'm it. Get him on the phone. I remember when. Well, this is this is gonna be a uh, this is gonna age me here. I remember when the Sixers traded Charles Barkley, and I was like, I was, I was a kid. I didn't understand basketball, who, 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 what people were, whatnot. They got a guy named Tim Perry from the Phoenix Suns, and Tim Perry looked so much like Michael Jordan to me that I just couldn't get past him. <laughs> you were just all in. Yeah, I was all like, all right, we got Tim Perry now. This is going to be fine. Like, Perfect. He, we're, we are set. Like he was, of course, the throw into that trade along with Andrew Lang and uh, and. Um, Oh God! Why? Oh, Hornacek. Hornacek. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Hornacek, Hornacek. Yeah. Who we immediately shipped off for Jeff Malone, but uh, yeah, I would kill to have Jeff Hornacek back. But that's not uh, honestly maybe a current day Jeff Hornacek. Completely honest, probably still De- shoot the ball. Decades of futility, and you wonder. Decades of futility, and you wonder why Jeff Hornacek for Jeff Malone. Jeff Malone could score the basketball. That's that's the one thing he could do. Uh, he, I think he might have even had a couple of twenty point seasons. Uh, in Phil, uh, so he didn't have twenties, but he went sixteen, eight, eighteen, four in his time in Philly. All right, I'll give it to him. Did nothing else. Didn't rebound. Didn't pass. But he could score, and that's, was an adequate three-point shooter. That's my kind of player. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwadell. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.